On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Taylor McCartan from BinBreeze. Man, what an awesome conversation. Uh, we actually walked through the mechanics of applying for Dragon's Den, uh, which is the Canadian equivalent of Shark Tank. Um, so we talked about that. Uh, we talked about his experience on Dragon's Den. Uh, we talked about a little bit about their product and all the super cool things that they're doing uh, in the space. Um, something that I really want to use uh, for my compost at home. Um, and yeah, just a really, really great conversation. And um, I'm going to actually re-listen to this one myself um, because I got a lot out of it. Uh, and really, really interesting the way that they're using um, PR in uh, growing their business. All right, enjoy. Before we begin, we wanted to let you know some really exciting news and something that we've never talked about before on the podcast. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing, and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. Now, on to today's episode. All right, I am here with Tyler McCartan from Bin Breeze. That's right. Tyler. Taylor. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> okay, everyone does that. <laughs> oh man, I I screw up names all the time. I'm actually not going to change it. So uh, yeah, Taylor no, McCartan, great. I think it's great. From, from Bin Breeze, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's, I'm really pleased to be here. Yeah, totally. This is a fun conversation because we're we're actually going to talk a little bit about the transition. Um, you know, going into becoming an e-commerce brand um, from you know how you guys have started so far, which has been primarily retail. Um, I, I'm also the, the reason why I really wanted to take this conversation is that Taylor is a fellow Canadian, um, actually not even that far away. You're, you're in Victoria, right? That's correct. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So we're going to actually talk about, um, his experience on Dragon's Den, which is the Canadian equivalent to Shark Tank. I think Dragon's Den was around before Shark Tank anyway, wasn't it? You know, I'm not sure, um, but uh, I'm glad that they have a Canadian version because there's a lot less competition to get in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 totally, totally. That's great. Uh, cool. So Taylor, tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, um, you know, who you are and what you do. Yeah, for sure. So um, I am the uh, chief everything officer of Binbreeze, which is uh, basically the world's first organic composting powder. So uh, three years ago, I, I walked into my parents' kitchen and I discovered a compost bin that was so nasty that, uh, and had so many fruit flies that I like to say that it, it literally changed my life. Um, and if you don't compost at home already, uh, basically in, in Canada, we've got more than 80% of the population here uh, using a kitchen bucket that they put their food waste into, but they separate oh, yeah. into like a separate stream. Um, and so naturally that means that there's some decomposition taking place in the household. Um, yeah. and some insects due to some unique, uh, unique, fruit flies that are now in, in North America that, uh, that make it a really unpleasant combination. And so we wanted to, to take down that barrier for people so they didn't have to be punished for doing being sustainable, if that makes sense, yeah. to make it more of a rewarding experience. Totally. And I, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what, you know, what it's like in the States, but for us, and especially for you on, on Vancouver Island, like compost is, composting is not really an option. Um, yeah, exactly. uh, as far as, you know, like, like getting, you know, being socially shamed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, like you, you compost, it's just something that we do. Um, I know for me, like one of the, the big struggles is fruit flies just all the time because we compost. 
Um, so, so like how, how did this product, I mean, and, and we're not really talking about exactly the product today, right? Like I, I want to talk about your journey, but I just want to know how does the product work? Like, like how did you solve yeah, the problem? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, well, for starters, let's, let's segment the separate the two major problems for consumers. And the first one is smell and odors. And the second one is the fruit flies themselves. And so yeah. the first one is a, is a chemical problem based on the chemistry of everything you've got mixed into your compost bin. Um, and so that problem, I ended up, you know, basically having a PhD chemist come in and, and who's my CTO and, and create the products around that principle. But then in the fruit flies was a different aspect for us where um, I did a lot of research into why people get fruit flies and you know, why do people get fruit flies? Yeah, why do uh, people, that's what I should have named this episode. <laughs> why do people get fruit flies? Cause I'm sure we're all, my kids ask me that question all the time. They're like, where do they come from? I don't know. Yeah, well, here, I have the answer. I have flies. the answer for you, believe it or not, I do. So okay. 20, 2011, a barge from Southeast Asia with fruit on it comes and lands in California. And in that moment, an invasive species of fruit fly called the Drosophila suzukii spread across North America. It was like the point of entry. And this species of fruit fly is extremely unique. Okay. Of all the different species of fruit fly, this species evolved around thick skin fruits, and it actually evolved what's called an ovipositor saw blade on its butt, the females, that enables it to cut the skin of fruits. And so for the first time of all these different species, it could, it could actually uh, lay eggs in fruit that was not rotten already. So while it's still ripe, and so that means on the tree, for example. So when this yeah. fruit fly came over, it did billions in agricultural damage across the world and they're still finding ways to battle it. But the truth is once this larva, this egg, this egg is deposited into, into the fruit, it takes less than 12 hours for it to hatch into a larva that can freely navigate around inside it. And so oh it's my impossible, impossible for quality control at any retail or farm stand level to catch all these, these things because you can't see them um, basically, they're so tiny. And so we actually bring fruit by larva into our homes on our fruit and in our fruit and say, you know, one plum out of six goes bad early, you just throw it in the compost bin, but you've actually just put all those fruit flies in the perfect place to breed. Oh man. They're, yeah. They're, they love that area. <laughs> yeah. Because of wet and moist and warm in your home. And so between this two problems is, is what Harmon and I, you know, really took our minds to it took us two years to, to really come up with something that we thought was going to work, but was also non-toxic and, and all natural. And, uh, mm. The way that we do that is with like a mechanical dehydration action on the flies themselves. But the, the, the reality was that we needed a solution that would actually be applied in the compost with the food waste in order to both battle the chemical properties as well as these fruit fly larvae. And so, um, you know, that kind of kind of spurred it. And then a, a few others, I can keep going. <laughs> uh, I mean, it sounds, yeah. it's, it sounds like, yeah, I mean, super interesting that I mean, you obviously had to have somebody who knew what they were doing uh, as from, from a chemist standpoint. Now, is this yeah. like on, on a green level, where, where is this? Like, where is your product at? Oh man. So while well, we, there's a, there's the basic, you know, principles of, of uh, you know, trying to encourage composting, which is how we started because even in households that do compost in Canada, they still throw 20% of their food waste in the trash. And so we wanted to get all the stinky stuff. Um, <laughs> so there's there's that angle to it but uh 
Oh, geez, sorry. Can you repeat the question again? <laughs> I got. Well, I, 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 uh, I'm just I wondering how, like, like how how green is your product? Right. There we right? go. So, okay. like, like when you, and, and that's totally fine. Don't don't worry about it. This, I yeah, mean, yeah, you've yeah. listened to this podcast. You know, like, we're we're super relaxed. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So basically, a big moment for me was realizing that we needed a, a really fresh source of carbon that was clean. Um, and my dad was a carpenter and his dad was a carpenter and uh, my mom was a florist and gardener. So I was well suited in a unique way to make this company because uh, I, I burned wood waste my whole life on, you know, if we had too much on the job site and people don't realize that burning wood waste is basically as bad for the environment as burning coal per kilojoule of energy released. And so it's, it's wasteful and needless to be burning all this stuff. And so I thought, well, what if I could find a way to find, to grab all that wood waste and use that as a base material for our carbon that we could then put into the compost bin. Um, and so what we're actually doing in that sense, is we're going out and we're actually deliberately sourcing wood waste that we know that the, the suppliers are going to burn it for disposal because it's cheaper to burn than transport anymore. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so by, by, you know, sequestering that carbon back into the soil and through composting, you know, we're saving 70% of it from being emitted into the atmosphere. So, but there's that side that's green to it in the actual chemical components of adding that carbon into the compost bin earlier in the process, we're actually changing the decomposition that's taking place. So it produces less methane uh, prior to it reaching the compost facility itself. Wow. And then, so for the user, they obviously are going to be more inclined to compost, but then downstream as well, uh, the composting facility themselves actually benefits from increased nutritional content and, and uh, nutri nutri uh, nutrient retention because of the additives that we've got in, in our product. And so they're actually benefiting from you know, potentially increased turnover, but they also, of course, benefit from having more people be willing to compost because they're yeah. going out and doing all these pickups. And so the more compost they get, the better, really. Amazing. So, so it's, I, it's very good for the planet. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, like your case for bin breeze is, is amazing. Um, I like, I have absolutely no doubt, you know, let's, let's switch over and let's talk a little bit about, about marketing. You know, the people who listen to this podcast are, you know, people like you, they're, you know, entrepreneurs, um, you know, wanting to scale up seven, eight figures, you know, like really, um, you know, want to figure out different ways of doing things. You got to be on Dragon's Den. Uh, yeah. which is awesome. Um, I, I actually don't think I've talked to anybody who's been on Dragon's Den. Lots of shark tankers, but um, yeah. no Dragon's Den uh, people. Talk to me about that process. Like, so like, just walk us through, how do you get on Dragon's Den? Sure. So I'll do the, the regular process and then I'll do the, all of the things that you're thinking about as the entrepreneur going into this. Totally. Uh, yeah. And the regular process was that uh, you, you know, sub subscribe to no be notified when they post their uh, auditions. Okay. And so you go on dragonsden.com or whatever. Or CBC or whatever it is. Yeah. I should probably know. Of course. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, for, for and all CBC, you Americans out there, CBC is our, uh, you know, that's our, our um, government media here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, and uh, so basically you, you get notified and because I'm on the West coast here, they actually move across the country. And so I only had about a week to prepare Um and then you just go in and, and you do kind of an audition and you kind of have to sit there for a few hours because there's probably a lot of people who are going to go. Um, but ultimately you get, you know, basically two minutes <clears throat> to pitch these producers that you're going to be on the show. And you don't want to necessarily just pitch your product because these producers totally. are investors. They're producers. They want to make good TV. And so the way I pitched it was, was I'm going to make the dragon smell compost. 
um and they love that <laughs> awesome so, awesome they, they wanted them to be grossed out and that thought that would make good tv so that was really like my main angle going into the show but of course there was all like there was the story and i took like our poster board in like it's a science fair and things like that um but then from there you know our our process got really screwed up because of covid so you know i was actually really fortunate in that they only were able to do victoria and vancouver and maybe Calgary before COVID shut down their audition process. And oh, okay. Online. So I actually was lucky in that I got picked from a smaller pool of, of live presentation candidates um, in that sense. Uh, and then, yeah, basically, once I got the email two months later, um, they said, you know, I could do it for digitally if I wanted because of COVID, or I could fly there and they'd give me a test. And so that's what uh, my partner and I did. And then, yeah, you get there. Awesome. So you, so you, you flew to, I'm, I'm assuming, to Toronto? Yeah, Toronto, yeah. Okay. And then actually film, film the episode right there with the dragons. Yeah, exactly. So although, you know, the limit, I was impressed with the way that CBC handled everything because we didn't even get any FaceTime with any producers or anything like that. It was just crew and then the dragons, and we couldn't even, like, approach. And they didn't do handshakes this year, which was too bad. But, um, you know. I, I understand. So yeah, 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 totally, totally. Yeah. This is a different year. Twenty, you know, twenty twenty probably won't happen, you know, again for maybe another hundred years. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Um, so what what did you learn from from the experience of being on Dragon's Den? Because I I'm really interested to see what you know what that's like. Do you have to give anything up to be on there? Like you know, the, some people have told me like, hey, you no, know, just to be on the show, you actually give up a percentage of your company. Is that true? Uh, no, it's true only in the sense that, that, uh, you know, you might have like, basically if you were to go and, and make another deal with another investor the day after the show, um, because you know, someone on the show perhaps had invested, then you, you're liable because, you know, it has to be like a real negotiation. You actually have to be talking to them. Um, and so they've got like a penalty in there for people who misbehave, but, uh, gotcha. But you're not like, you're not giving up part of your company. No. To, to, to go on the show. I certainly am not. No. Okay. Well, okay. In fact, somebody, yeah. somebody told me that, that rumor sometimes I know it's funny, like Jordan, you know, you should actually research these things, but I don't have time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, they, they also make you sign all kinds of, uh, you know, contracts around you know, what you can disclose and things like that. And even now, you know, I know we're going to be on the show on December 3rd, um, which is awesome because it's just a few weeks away. Um, but I didn't, I'm not allowed to say, you know, whether or not I got a deal or how the negotiations would have gone or if there were any wink and, yeah. uh, and things like that. It's, it's a little bit tight lipped, but they do want us to also, you know, simultaneously do promotion for them and try and get media around it. So it's kind of a balance, um, a little bit. Uh, overall, I mean, I, I'm grateful for the experience because it's been... Hey guys, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply to start the process today. Now, back to today's episode. Uh, overall, I mean, I, I'm grateful for the experience because it's been helpful. And you know what the difference for me, though, was, you know, once you get that confirmed date, 
you're really motivated to kick ass in your business to make it something that's worthwhile and investing. Totally. And so, I mean, obviously I was already motivated to do that, but uh, that was a big part of it as well, which was like trying to drive things over the line. So for us, for me personally, that was getting our first orders from Sobeys and Canadian Tire, uh, which I did. So awesome. Awesome. That, that's great. So I, I wanted to actually get, get into that. So, you know, for, yeah. for people who don't know, you know, for, for the majority of people who are Americans who listen to this, uh, Canadian Tire, uh, awesome store to get into. I mean, like how, how many, so first of all, how many Canadian tires are you in across Canada? So that's a great question. Um, we're actually in negotiations, uh, around a potential national listing. Um, and so we're, we're not in any stores yet. They've got us, you know, partway through the process. What I have gotcha. is from multiple stores who are ready for product. Um, but there's still like a corporate buy process that they have to go through because the big guys like this, they take a long time to do anything. Um, you know, not Oops. to chirp on CTC, but um, yeah, it, it just, you know, there's a, there's a different buy process for everyone. And uh, so, so yeah, we're actually still talking about them, but they do have 503 stores across Canada. Um, and similarly, so we've- they have 503. Yeah, they do. That's yeah. that's crazy. I didn't realize they had that many locations. Wow. Yeah, well, they're a huge success story. Yeah, which I thought was interesting because, like, you know, they're not home hardware in that they don't say hardware in the name. It's a it's another brand of its own, you know, thing. Just speaks yeah. to brands and how powerful they are. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, so for for Americans who are listening to this, Canadian Tire is is kind of equivalent to sort of like a Walmart. Um, it's, it's like this weird sort of mix. I don't even know an American equivalent of Canadian tire. Uh, it's like hardware with automotive, all, yeah, automotive, all this sort of stuff, but like, it's kind of the, our go-to place for, I mean, anything you can think of. <laughs> yeah. They, they've done a great job, uh, positioning themselves for sure. So yeah, that, that, that's obviously great to have, uh, to have that come up. And then, um, yeah, Sobeys is the major retail, though. They've actually got Sobeys within Sobeys Empire. They got 1,500 locations across Canada. So Wow, wow. Point of entry into that store as well. So, wow. And so those, those... to push grocery hard. So That's awesome. So those are some big retail plays. Let's mm-hmm. talk about, because, you know, this is Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce brand. Course, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk about what that looks like. So how do you make, because how, how much does your product cost? Yeah, great question. So we sell each box of Vinbreeze for $14.99 Canadian on our web- online website. And then we've got some bundles for three packs and for six packs um, that uh, reduce the price a little bit. Each box is generally lasting our customers, you know, anywhere between one to two months on average based on, on their survey responses. Um, and uh, and so it's pretty good value in terms of like getting rid of the flight totally. later, um, for sure. So uh, how, how do you translate that into direct to consumer? Because I mean, like for, for anybody who listens to this, no, like they know average order value really matters, right? In, in direct to consumer. So how, what's the plan for that? What's the plan to go e-com? Cause I think that there is a play a hundred percent. There's a play, um, you know, the world is, you know, moving towards direct to consumer at, you know, they say in 2020, it was 10 years, right? 10 years of growth in one year. How are you going to do it? Great, great question. Well, I'll tell you what I've learned so far. And the first day that we ever put Binbreeze online, uh, our first box sold was to no- in Nova Scotia, so the far side of the country. And we had. <laughs> I already know. For, I already know what the issue is. Yeah, we had it on for nineteen ninety nine with five fifty in shipping, and it cost me twenty seven dollars to mail a unit that yeah. far. 
And I was like, well, this is not how you run a business. And so that was a big moment for me where I realized that shipping was going to be caught very prohibitive on our ability to run an e-commerce brand in the sense that, you know, for $14.99 or, or, you know, potentially less for some of my retailers who mark it down. Um, this box cost me, you know, $11 to ship to you, for example, uh, when yeah. you're only like, like a few hours away. And yeah. so, and then as soon as I go into a three pack though, it's cost me $14. And so the metrics around shipping and bundling are key. And so for us, our strategy has been to bundle. And so since we did, we launched in, in basically April because of COVID and the e-com side, we, we bundled into three packs and awesome. you know, did a nice price break around the three pack. And our average order value is $39.99 um, because it's the, that's the three pack. Uh, we also have six packs and singles that sell, but um, that's been the bread and butter, which is what we planned for it to be really. And totally. so having that where you've got that metric is, is just so important to your margins. Um, and, uh, and we're, we're excited about how Dragon's Den is going to affect the business in that way. So our goal right now, you know, what I'm, I'm gearing up to do every day is to prepare everything so that our website is going to be tip top so that our, you know, uh, sales funnel for online customers is, is good and, and everything's flowing, you know, and can we direct customers into a particular product that we can pre-pack? And, and ship rapidly. Things totally, like that, totally. Uh, they're going to make a huge difference to, to our ability to just like, you know, exponentially grow with yeah. the, the media that's coming our way. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, and that's one of the biggest plays of Dragon's Den, right? Is Dragon's Den and Shark Tank is this massive media play. You get access to like, I, I don't even know how many people watch Dragon's Den. Like, it, it's got to be one of the most watched shows that we have. Like, um in in canada especially well, on cbc especially because they put the old seasons on netflix now totally totally i'd yeah. say it's only second to Shit's creek on cbc yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely so um good, good canadian brands eh doing well yeah well honestly i love dragon's Den for what they do you know there's the the side of it where you're like oh you have to sign these contracts and it's a little you know they they put you in a high pressure situation where you've got to negotiate your business and yeah like it's hard <laughs> yeah yeah you know, it's stressful and, and you get nervous but at the end of the day the opportunity from you know to get out and and have this exposure for us which is you know a product that requires some education in our marketing totally. in order to make it effective is just is just invaluable um yeah so i don't know why b2b businesses do it <laughs> yeah but you see you got to do it for sure totally so taylor let's let's talk here i gotta ask you the question i ask everyone and you're kind of in the midst of this right now what's your secret to scaling What's my secret to scaling? Good question. Um, so I think personally that my secret is this combination of two things, two mindsets, if you will. The first one being that uh, it doesn't matter what happens in a given day, I will not stop working on my business. It does not matter. There's nothing else. And that full commitment in my head where I'm, I feel a little bit like a psychopath um, is, is important to being able to push past the down moments and to get to the ups, yeah. um, and then completely ignore the ups and don't even feel any satisfaction. Just get to the next one. <laughs> yeah. But then the other side of it in, in my mind is really to, um, not apply too many rules to the way to what you're doing. And so what I mean by that is like, it's not always better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission but it's often better to beg. For <laughs> you know, I, I've never come across where it isn't better. So 
Yeah, well, you know, it's like cutting across the grass. If if someone tells you not to, it's like, well, I'm already on the other side, so I got scolded and I'm sorry, but I got what I wanted. Um, and that's like not a healthy moral way to think. But when you're trying to be scrappy and and bootstrap your business, it's hard. And so totally to give you a marketing example, you know, one of the best ways that we did local marketing to raise awareness was to put a flyer on the compost bin. Um, after the truck. So we'd be like hiding behind the trucks as they went by. And then after they turned the corner, we'd go and fly all the bins because we didn't really have permission to do that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a really effective way to reach our customers. So, um, you know, like that's the kind of thing where we benefit the compost operation. So if we do get caught, they're probably going to be like, it's okay. We we're happy that you're promoting your product because it's good for us. But at the same time, they didn't want to make any big commitments where we signed a partnership. And so you just kind of have to get out there and, and just do it. Um, I love so it. That's, I love that's it. What I push. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Oh, man. This has been a great conversation. I, I really appreciate yeah, I'm glad you. you think so. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Um, let's, get, let's move to our lightning round here. Uh, what okay. is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Absolutely. <clears throat> My go-to tool or, or the one that means the most to me is a five minute journal. It's five bucks on the app store. I do not know anybody who made it or anything like that, but it's basically my number one way of resetting myself on a bad day. Oh, cool. Um, so, so just, just do, do you do it like at a specific time every day or, or how? Uh, no, I, well, they, it sends a notification to me. So that's nice as well. But uh, yeah, basically it, uh, it makes you write down what you're grateful for in a day and what you're going to do to make the day good. And then like a little self-affirmation and that's it. And so I can do it quickly. And afterwards I just feel like, I've let go of something, something about, you know, being thankful for what you have makes a big difference to helping you be productive every day. Totally. Totally. And journaling. I mean, there's so much research around journaling and, and how effective it is um, from like a mental health um, standpoint. So yeah. I love well, it. I'm Anything just a terrible journaler. So. Yeah, exactly. ah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, so am I, I mean, it's, it's hard to get that into your life, right? For um, sure. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. We'll, we'll throw that in the show notes. Uh, favorite podcast you're listening to right now. Oh, Oh, that's tough. Um, you know, I, I, I want to say you, uh, <laughs> don't, don't. A lot of you lately. Um, but honestly, I, I did really dig, um, both, both the podcast from Michelle Romanov, as well as Arlene Dickinson prior to, to Dragon Sen and, and Michelle Romanov's just, just launched really. Um, yeah, that's right. That's really right. Famous. I want to, I want to get into that one. It's short, you know, it's only 10 episodes, so it's not like they're, they're, you know, you're going to be totally absorbed forever. I wish there were more. I thought it was great. So, yeah. yeah. And Michelle, if you're listening, we've, uh, you know, I've tried to reach out, uh, you know, we are clearing <laughs> partners, uh, just not really sure why you're not coming on. I think um, you and uh, Clearbank are in competition. So. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. We're, we're buddies with Clearbank. We, we love oh, yeah. Clearbank. Yeah. 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 They're one of our, uh, one of our good partners. Um, one more question for you. If you could sit down with anybody for an hour, have a, you know, cup of coffee, beer, wine, who would it be? Oh my gosh. Just an hour. That's like, you want just an hour. That's all you get. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of controversy and hate out there, but I just, I really need that time to pitch my ideas to Elon. I think that would Mm. be important um you know to to be able like uh, me personally i think the his innovation is innovation on a systemic level and so i want to do the same kind of thing and it makes actual change and uh and so i want to throw my ideas at him and maybe he'll steal them that'd be cool 
Yeah, or maybe he's looking for another business partner. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the dream, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or he could just like give you a billion and and not even think about it. Well, he's the second richest man in the world today, I think. So uh, So it's Bezos and then him. Uh, I thought it was Gates and then him, but actually Bezos makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, I think Bezos no, makes more sense. I don't, I don't know. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, Taylor, thanks so much for your time. Where can people find out more about you and more uh, about Binbreeze? Yeah, so you just go to binbreeze.ca, www.binbreeze.ca. And uh, to listeners down in the States, we are launching uh, in uh, the States soon. So we'll be able to to take your orders very soon if you've got compost problems, which I, I hear you do have all year. So uh, we're looking forward to <laughs> Yes, to yes. Even more so than Canada. <laughs> yeah, well, it's climate, right? <laughs> totally. Taylor, thank you so much for your time. This was an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for going live on Facebook as well. So yeah, of course. No, it was a great time. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.